0: Life just got a lot easier because iOS 15.4 is here. We'll talk about the top features in the iPhone operating system, along with macOS, tvOS, and more in this episode of the Macworld Podcast. Don't go away. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola here with Jason Cross. Good morning. And Michael Simon. Hello, sir. It's been a busy month. We got not not just yeah. the new hardware, but we got major OS updates that came down yesterday. The big feature that was that everyone's been waiting for is universal control. That's in iPad OS 15.4 and Mac OS 12.3. This is the feature you can use to have one set of input devices to access an iPad and even another Mac. And it works kind of like magic. You just
1: have to put the device next to the control Mac after initially setting it up. And the setup's pretty easy. It's like you go into settings and turn it on. Kind of, it's not. uh, Yeah,
2: if you've used like, was that sidecar is this yeah. or an external display you just kind of thing it's just a click or two
1: yeah find out where where's the checkbox okay
2: yeah you need you need handoff <laughs> wi-fi bluetooth all those are on and yes. you'll see it click it and that's it and it's 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 been a long time since apple had a feature that was this like whoa this is so cool like you know mac os is great and all that yeah. ios is great but this one is just like next level like you can see like how it really bridges that gap between the Mac and the iPad that Apple has tried to do numerous times over the years. Yeah. But this might be the thing that like really kind of brings it into that uh, Mac workflow.
1: Yeah. When we saw it, when they demoed it at WWDC, they had their little video and it was stuck at the end, like, Oh yeah. And there's this thing and they <laughs> showed it. And that was, we were all like, that is the coolest part. Yeah. That is the coolest thing. And then it never, it didn't come out with iOS 15. Cause um, well, it takes a long time to test, I guess, yep. and everything. Um, and now that it's finally out in March of the next year, uh, it, it the feedback online seems to be from you know the early adopter community that it it does work pretty. It's pretty it solid. It does, yeah. And it it works just as advertised. You just take your mouse, push it off the screen of your Mac, it goes right onto your iPad, and now you're just keyboard and mouse are controlling your iPad. And you can literally drag and drop materials between them. Now the iPad's got the same limitations it always has in that you can't drop something on the desktop or something. You, you have to work within apps.
2: Yeah. You got to put it in, in iCloud Drive or
1: files or some app. Yeah. Right. You drop it right into, to, I was going to say Final Cut. There's not, no Final Cut. <laughs> um, Speaking of limitations. Know, yeah. <laughs> you've been able to airdrop for a while, but that's like m- a bunch of steps. This is not a bunch exactly. of steps. This is, you're yeah. just taking the file and just, Oh, I've got a, a video file. I want to from for my iPad and I want to move it over here. Just drag it right. Blomp. There it goes. Well, I mean, like you said, pretty amazing.
2: The, the, the airplay stuff we, we've had that for a while and it's, it's convenient, but it's also seems like you're basically emailing yourself something. Like it's not part of a work. you got to stop. You got to think about it. You got to do it. This yeah. is just, I'm working on my Mac and boom, now I'm working on my iPad and boom, now I'm working on my Mac. And it's so yeah. seamless and so easy and really elevates both machines. Remember uh, Expose? Like, yeah. I, I, I don't remember what that was. Like that was amazing. And I used it, but a lot of people didn't and it kind of went away. This feels like the thing that if you're an iPad user and you're a Mac user, this is going to really kind of marry those two devices in a way like never before
1: agreed yeah and and it's it seems to work <laughs> which is a big deal um and yeah it's it the, the idea that you can just m- just move your mouse over there now you're on the other one <laughs> and, and you don't and it's sidecar was like we're mirroring your display it's a wireless display mirror it's yeah. only so useful it's not that useful it's tiny your ipad even the big ipads are tiny compared to a mac i mean it's like you know but no, this is this is literally controlling the two separate devices natively. It it really makes you want them to improve iPad OS for sure. Make it a more useful. Uh, I don't want to call it a desktop environment, but it's in this terrible no man's land where there's like six different ways to multitask, and they all have different gestures and all this other stuff. I, they really need to kind of clean up iPad OS and figure out what is it. Yep. Uh, are these machines for doing work or are these like big iPhones with you can load in apps as as a list on the side or you can split screen or you can like, ah, you can move around the split screen. (laughs) I can't, they need to clean this up and, and figure out what it's supposed to be.
2: Yeah. I mean, they really need to kind of rethink it from the ground up. Kind of like when the iPad first came out in 2010, the knock on it was that, Oh, well, it's just a big iPhone, Mm -hmm. which it kind of is still. Yeah. It was yeah, it
1: was great for content consumption. It's bigger and nicer because it's apps, bigger. Apps are yeah. better, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. But there's still the limitations that you have with iOS are still on iPad It the 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 difference in the in the name is academic. This is really the first feature, other mm-hmm. than all that multitasking stuff, that separates iOS and iPadOS. OS. Like it, this is a marquee feature that if you have a Mac and you have an iPad, like this thing is wildly different than what you can do with your phone and your Mac.
1: And I feel like the multitasking is, is they, they don't even know how they want to multitask. I don't think they like, do. Yeah. <laughs> because they, they, every, new, every year there's a new way to multitask and yeah. all the old ones are still there. And sometimes the gestures change. And I've never met anybody who knows them all, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who sits down and like actually uses all these different ways and the gestures work right. Either just give us like free windows or something or pick a way. It's gonna be split screen left and right or something, just like right. that that it's simple and everybody gets it and the interface is clean and works. And they okay. split the name with iPad OS. What was it, three versions ago? Three, yeah, 13. Uh, yeah. And or 12, 12, 12. I don't forget. A couple years ago. I, I forget. And and we always said, and we said then, eh, it's not that big a deal. There really are kind of still the It's always what it was. It's it's iOS with a couple of changes. Last year, it didn't even get all the iOS. It got
0: less.
1: (laughs) You know? Yeah, the iPhone got all this stuff, and then it kind of caught up this year with all the widgets and things. They really need to kind of make the roads diverge a little more, especially if they're going to have different names. It needs its Watch OS. what was it, 4 or something moment? where Apple kind of decided it's not going to be a risk computer that does everything. We're really going to focus on sort of the health and fitness and like notifications type stuff and really not worry so much about text input and messaging and all these other things. We're not getting rid of it, but that's not what it's about. And they tweak some of the UI and they tweak the way the apps work and they tweet. I think iPad hasn't had its moment where we like this is what the iPad's for. This is how it's going to be used. It's not just a big iPhone. Or it is, and we're we're really going to lean into this.
2: I mean, the iPad still, it, it has an identity,
1: but the identity
2: is very muddled with iOS versus iPadOS, Mac mm-hmm. versus iPad, the Pro versus the Air. Like, there's a lot that Apple hasn't really defined with the iPad. I don't know if universal control is the thing that does that or the thing that starts to do that but we're really reaching a point now where, you know, we're coming up on iPad OS or iOS 16. Like they mm-hmm. need to figure out what this thing is. Now it's the best tablet. There's no question about that. There's nothing even close to it anywhere. Yeah. But it's still kind of unsure of what it wants
1: to be. Yep. Yeah. It, and it's trying to be kind of everything and not doing the best job of it. Right. Yeah. Um, when I look at how other people use an iPad and not Apple diehards, just everyday people, they seem to fall into two camps. There's the people who for them, it's, it almost is just a big iPhone. It's like, I'm just going to watch videos or mm-hmm. something. And it's a nice big screen to do that. Right. And it's right. my portable and there's thing. There's a to lot of people
2: that, that do that. A lot. Yeah.
1: It's my portable thing to watch videos and stuff, mm-hmm. but then it does all this other stuff that they don't understand. They end mm-hmm. up accidentally triggering by swiping off the screen or something. Some, window pops up or with for multitasking or something and they're like what did the, I don't know how I did this what do I do how do I go back and then there's the other people who think I need a computer for work or something I need a laptop I'm going to get this iPad and a keyboard dock and that'll be my laptop and then they run into no end of problems with all the things it doesn't do the web page it doesn't work with from their work or their whatever and they can't load another browser and they can't do this and that, the, it what it's not really a laptop you know, every other month it's, well, but they gave me a USB thumb drive. What do I do? You're like, you really need a laptop. It's, it's not a laptop just because it has a keyboard and a screen. I don't know that they're incentivized to figure it out because they're selling to both of those people now. Do they want to lose that to either right. audience by picking a lane?
2: But they have the devices that you can do both. The Pro iPad Pro can be a lot different than the iPad Air and iPad Mini, but they they aren't. Like universal control can be a or should have maybe been a pro feature, yeah. Because that's like you should get that benefit when you spend a thousand dollars on a tablet. Oh, you can also do this cool thing now. Yeah. Instead, oh. you can get it on all three hundred
1: dollars tablet. Although I will say I, I'm kind of glad they did it. Oh, they, sure. They, As someone st- who doesn't
2: have a pro, I'm glad too. I mean, I can't stand <laughs>
1: when there's a a software feature or something that they artificially limit. To to Pro just be, it didn't require the hardware that's there or something. But
2: this specific one, is it could be a Pro feature. Like there's nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with saying this is an iPad Pro thing because that's the the audience that's going to use it. But yeah, I understand what you're saying.
0: It's almost like Apple is somewhat overprotective of Mac OS because they don't want iPad OS to infringe on laptop sales and laptop users.
1: But But you think they would love to? because the margins are still there for all this stuff. And you have to get everything through the app store, which is their dream. Like I I imagine that they wish so hard that they could make the Mac, that they could just take away all the side loading on the Mac and make you have to go through the app store. Like that's gotta be like, they gotta be so mad that they just really can't do that.
0: Another cool feature. This is for the iPhone. It's uh, you can now use face ID while wearing a mask. Which comes right in time with all the uh, mask restrictions being lifted. <laughs> I know.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a good chance they're going to come back at some point. Right. But yeah. yeah, I wrote about this a little while ago in the beta. It's awesome. And it should have come out a year and a half ago. It's yep. just, it's that seamless, perfect thing. Yes, it's a little less secure, but... It's so damn convenient. (laughs) So much better than the Apple Watch thing. So much better than, you know, making a second scan while wearing a mask and
1: hoping that works. Like, it's just, it works. I mean, to be clear, that is exactly what you have to do. It's a feature that takes a new scan of your face. You're not supposed to wear a mask while doing it, but it takes a new scan of your face. And it ignores the bottom of your face and pays a lot of attention to the top of your face. And the only sort of gotcha is if you wear glasses, you need to say... Like add glasses and then redo your scans with every pair of glasses that you normally wear. Detail in the top part of your face is enough that different pairs of glasses are going to mess it up. Once you do that, it's it's great. It it right. totally works
2: completely. Um, there's not a hiccup. There's not a second. There's not a change. Yeah, I haven't it's I haven't had like any problems.
1: ID. We talk about all the master re- restrictions lifting, but you know this is just totally useful. All the yeah, yeah. live where it's cold, sure, like. You're going to have your face covered when you're outdoors. Yeah, or Northeast
2: stuff. winter. Sometimes I have a, I have a Gator on. Yeah, there's definitely exactly times when you're going to use it. And the Apple Watch, unlike with Apple Watch, while cool, I had lots of issues with that here and there. Like it wouldn't work. I didn't get the thing I had to re-authenticate. So this one I've been using for, you know, what, it's about three weeks and mm-hmm. not a single problem with it. It's perfectly. I, I didn't
1: perfect. have any problems with the Apple Watch thing, but all it did was unlock your phone
2: that was also a uh, negative it's
1: not a substitute for face id it's just the unlocking your phone part it doesn't do password logins form auto completes any of the other stuff this is just face id it's just a new way it's just a new option in face id that just lets you do this as well i don't know i'm curious how less secure it is because apple just says oh this is less secure than the regular method and that's kind of it And it's like well but how much yeah Like 10% less secure is not that big a deal. Like 90% less secure is, I maybe shouldn't do this. Like,
2: I have to assume it's
1: somewhere in the middle of those two. (laughs) Oh, yeah, me too. But the number kind of matters to me.
2: I mean, that was the thing where Touch ID was like, I think they said it was like one in 50,000 and Face ID was like one in a million or something chances of of breaking it or guessing it, whatever. So, a false positive of getting it,
1: getting through without it being proper. Right,
0: right, right. So I don't
2: know, one in 250,000, is
0: that cool? We got another security enhancement, the new enhancement to your iCloud keychain. You can now add notes to your keychain, which comes in handy for like, if you have, uh, say, enter like a-
2: Like a security question. Right, yeah, a Or some kind question. of an, I, a separate ID number. We have that on some of our work sites.
1: Yeah, there's like a group ID number in addition to your login and stuff. So I always stick that in a note. Yeah, things like your security questions, stuff like that. Those are those are nice improvements.
2: Yeah, it's it's handy to have. It's really handy if you don't have a separate password password manager and you rely on on the the uh, iCloud keychain to do all of your stuff. Yeah, I I wonder how many people are going to even realize it's there. But once you do, it's it's it's
1: great. Yeah, you do have to okay. go into settings passwords. Right. You have add to know it's there. to do it. It is one of those sticking points that made people like, well, this is why I have a password manager, because right. I can't add anything to any of these. Like what all I get is a username and password.
2: Yep. And it's a it's a little limited in the sense that you have to you can only add it to an existing password. You can't create a, a secure, you can create a secure note in notes. You can also do it on the Mac. But on iCloud Keychain, you have to. It has to be an existing login, which is you know usually one you're going to do it anyway, right? But you can't just go in there and, and create a, a note that's protected by your fingerprint
1: or your face, right? It's not a separate notes thing. You're adding right. a note to an existing login. The other, the, the, similar to that, there was another improvement to passwords where Safari will no longer just save a password if it doesn't have a login.
2: That actually happened to me literally, like. Two weeks ago, yeah. And everybody, like, when you hear about Walmart, that, what, what it is?
1: When you when you hear about that, you're like, well, that of course, like, that doesn't it doesn't do that, does it? And then you then it happens to you because you're like, it's it's a web page where your username's on one page, and then it prompts you for your password, and you went there and it saved your username, and you typed in your password, and Safari just the the iCloud keychain just like said, okay, we saved your password, and with no username, and then later when you go there, you're like, oh, what was it? Now it will prompt you if if it it doesn't doesn't have, have yeah, enter your username and save it along with it.
2: I have so many passwords in iCloud Keychain that's like one-time password usernames and then my actual password with it because it thought that was that.
1: Yes. I'm
2: assuming it fixes that too, but I'm not sure.
1: Uh, I don't think it'll get rid of any of your existing ones. No, no, no. But going forward. Yeah, going forward, that shouldn't happen you shouldn't be making new ones like that, right? In most cases, I think.
2: Yeah, I wish they would kind of make iCloud Keychain a separate app so people would use it more. I mean, it's nice that it's kind of invisible and behind the scenes and does its thing and syncs and all that stuff. But I think if it was a separate app, people might go to it, update it, you know, keep their things organized, change their passwords or whatever they they want mm. or they need to do to be more secure.
1: It is a little weird that it's
2: stuffed in settings. Yeah. Same thing with the authentication. They have an authenticator that's also like I never use it because it's yeah. like. It's in settings, and you know, it's not its own thing.
1: Yeah, I clued Keychain. If it was its separate thing, and it worked across, and they had plugins for different browsers and stuff, so I could use it on if my Mac or something on different yeah. browsers. That app gave me one-time codes and stuff. Then I then I could you know that's that's why I don't get rid of things like one password stuff. I use exactly. different systems. I yeah. use Windows. I, I need yeah. my one-time codes and you know blah blah. blah.
2: Yeah, and Apple's never gonna never gonna allow that. But if they could at least make it a little bit stronger in their own ecosystem,
1: I should know
0: this, but I actually don't. On macOS, there's Keychain Access utility that doesn't uh, access your iCloud yeah. Keychain. Yeah, there. it's it's
2: it's more powerful than it is on other devices in that you have secure notes and stuff. But yeah, you can see all your passwords. You can also go to Safari preferences and see your passwords there.
0: Yeah. But the keychain access utility in macOS, it's not a very friendly.
2: No. Yeah, that's not something that people are going to want to go in there and use. It's not friendly at all. It's not meant.
1: Yeah, it's not meant to be. It's a utility that has things like all your system roots and all this stuff, and it's made for your IT guy to go in there and search and find out what you broke and remove it, (laughs) so that way you can get reprompted for a password.
0: Because if you open it, the first window you see, you'll go, "What the?"
2: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's very much not a, a user friendly interface. Yeah. yeah, but as Jason said, that's but that's by design.
0: So those are the three main features. We we said that they were the three main reasons why you should upgrade uh, right now. There are a few other features. Uh, there's a new Siri voice. It's a it it was recorded by an, a member of the
2: LGBTQ community, or LGBTQ plus community, and it's kind of remarkable in that you know, it's, it's, it's called non-binary in the sense that it's neither male nor female. And it's very much right on that line where some days i listen to it and it sounds male and other days I'll listen to it and it sounds female. It kind of very much depends on what it's saying and and, and how you're feeling, I guess. Yeah. But it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a very middle of the road.
1: I think it uh, sounds voice. very young.
2: Yes. To me, sure. yeah.
1: Like yeah. I, 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 it's that voice where if you just heard a recording of like, an eight-year-old or something—you would not know if it's a boy or a girl. That kind of the thing. It's yep. not. It doesn't sound it's, eight years old, right? But it's, it's not super high pitch, but yeah. But part of the reason it it sounds purposely ambiguous is is it sounds really young, or those things are going together. I mm-hmm. mean, so I also think it's the kind of thing where somebody who, um, like a kid with an iPhone, or, a kid, or somebody who wants to make their iPhone sound more like a kid, would also rather this one than the other voices.
2: Uh, sure. Yeah, I, I can see that, but it's um. I mean, very nondescript. It's called, I think, Siri American Voice 4 or something. Yeah, they don't have like, names they don't, for they don't, name, they don't name their voices, yeah. Yet.
1: And they actually, the order is random on them. So it's the fifth voice they've added, but it could be any number when you go. Oh, is that right? Into That'd your right. settings. Yeah, because they don't want, the goal is they wanted people not to just always use that same female Siri voice all the time. If you're setting up an iPhone, you're restoring from an existing whatever. That's your voice. What the one you had is the one you're going to have. Mm-hmm. When you set up an iPhone fresh and new, new account, new everything, just logging in new, it will go through the Siri setup process and it will ask you which voice do you. It'll ask you which voice you want to use mm-hmm. you know, during setup, and yep. the orders will be randomized. I think the numbers are.
0: I always switch my Siri voice every once in a while. I like hearing the accent sometimes. I, I <laughs> yeah, I, I don't use Siri enough
2: to to hear to hear it. <laughs> but I did pick the new voice when it came out and, uh, uh, you know, when the beta came out, mm-hmm. and I, I kind of dig it.
0: I use Siri all the time in my car, but it's often followed up with Siri, that's not what I'm looking
2: for. Right, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, some the, other I tell you, <laughs> the the
2: the directions on CarPlay is remarkably terrible <laughs> in the car. Like, I'll ask it to go somewhere, and it'll, it'll send me to, like, like, Sweden. Like, it's so bad
0: sometimes. Wow. There are also some new emojis, I'll be using the uh, melting face emoji a lot. I don't know why. Just, <laughs> My favorite is there. the is the emoji with the
2: dotted the dotted line the dotted face line around it, which is kind of <laughs> it's kind of like disappearing. It's 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 like that that Simpsons me where, where Homer disappears into the bush. Oh
0: yeah, right.
1: like <laughs> ghosting. It's like the getting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: there's some air tag changes. And some of um, the security
1: stuff that they yeah. announced. There's some more yeah. coming this fall, but there's some some are in this.
2: Back to the emoji. There's a whole bunch of interesting fun. Emoji to kind of sift through, uh like like Roman said, melting faced is like a like a vampire or something. I forget, but there's a there's a, there's a bunch <laughs> of there's a bunch of fun ones. This is like a, every year they come out. the 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 emoji consortium comes out with something, and uh, Apple and Google and all the others add them gradually. So this is that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's part of Unicode, which is the consortium that agrees upon, like, well, what characters are going to exist in standard text and fonts and stuff. And what number are they going to be? So the things interoperate. Yeah, they come up with a list um, and a descriptor. Everything's got a descriptor, like what it, what it's supposed to look like, but it's a description of it. So there's some artistic differences. It takes a while sometimes for Apple to get the latest list. Sometimes there's two lists. Sometimes there's two updates a year.
0: With all the emoji, I only use like the same five or six emoji the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, page. I have some go tos as well,
2: but I'm I'm always well. People and the the people I work with in Slack know that I'm always creating emojis <laughs> and adding them. But uh, I'm am a big fan of mixing it up. But yeah, there's always there's a couple that that we all have that we go to just to either end a conversation or react to something that we have nothing to say to or right. something like that. Right?
0: Well, yeah, there's a complete list of the new features on our website. OS 12.3 got a few new features. A lot of the features that have we have mentioned, like the emojis, yeah. the, Siri the Siri voice, voice yep. the iCloud mm-hmm. keychain,
2: yeah, uh, obviously universal control is the big one there. And there's a bunch of, um, bunch of security updates. And there was like 30 of them. And for each uh, for each OS, there was a bunch this time. So
1: yeah, there's a uh, lot of security. Updates. Yeah,
2: surprisingly. So especially since the last one was all secure.
1: One feature that you're not going to see right away, but it is in this update. Is and it's it's awesome, but it's like I said, you're just not going to see it. This has the framework that they announced for that thing where you can yeah. accept tap and pay cards or other um tap and pay transactions like like Apple Pay, but also Google Pay, and stuff like that, just directly on your phone. Any phone yeah. with a i got is it the 11 and later or the 12? So. Yeah, later? The, I think
2: the, I, the 12x, the 12 Bionic chip, I think it was.
1: Yeah, I think it's. Which is Because the there were anything with like a passive mode reader, I think, NFC reader. Uh, I think it's the same list of hardware that supports like passive mode reading of like pure transportation cards and stuff. Application developers who make payment accepting apps like Square and stuff like that are going to be able to allow you to use tap and pay credit cards or other phones and stuff to just tap it to the back of your iPhone. Yep. No reader required.
2: Yeah. Which is kind of pay. a game changer. If you're a small business, it's, it's, it's pretty cool.
1: I, I go get my haircut and she takes her little square reader. She plugs into the thing yeah, and it swipes it six times and yeah. it doesn't work. Right. And it finally works every time, you know, yeah, all that stuff. And then they make a tap and pay reader, but it costs more money and stuff. You know, this is, yeah, it's going to change a lot of that stuff. Uh, They've been working with Stripe, I think is the first yes test for that. There's, there's a, there's, Stripe is beta testing this with a few people. There's not a public version of their app out yet. By the end of this year, all the big apps for this sort of thing, the, like, like Square, like people who want to take somebody's credit card, <laughs> that kind of money, they're all gonna support this thing. Yep. And this is the OS update that adds that ability. That's awesome. Yeah, and, One yeah, wonders Apple- if Apple's gonna do its own thing, just Apple yeah, Pay person to person, maybe sure. and just Apple Pay, right?
2: They're never gonna like like Google step into that, sure. But yeah, I mean, Apple Pay was kind of a game changer when it came out. What like what is it, seven years ago or something? Mm-hmm. And this is kind of the, the evolution of that, where it's just everybody oh. can basically have a point of sale system right on their
1: phone. It's, it's it's pretty it's pretty cool. The tap and pay cards are not as popular in the U.S. as uh, abroad. They've had the chip reader cards for a long time as like the mandated thing, mm-hmm. and you don't go anywhere with in europe without being a chip card and and you have to stick in the chip reader and we're just now starting to get rid of the magnetic stripe yeah. stuff on on cards you still have to have cards that have them uh and most of their cards have just the tap and pay stuff so it's pretty it's it's going to be a big deal there it's going to be really common there where you could just pull out your credit card and tap it into someone's phone and pay
0: mac os 12.3 has a new spatial audio feature. This is only for M1 Max. Right. So you get the it's, it's dynamic the, it's, head it's tracking. It's, it's specifically in the
2: music app. For whatever reason, it, it wasn't there at launch. Is it also TV? I think it was in TV already. For, for, no, I, I could, I, I I could, I could already be there. wrong about that. But the music app was notably absent from spatial audio. And now, mm-hmm. it's, now it's there.
1: But the head tracking is new. And that's yeah. only, I think, with video. Yeah, music doesn't do head tracking anyway,
2: right? It's different, right?
1: Yeah, the spatial audio with head tracking is it it makes it so when you turn your head from the screen, the sound stays oriented to the screen, not to your head, and that's known, like you said, just M1 Max, M1 and later, M1 Apple Silicon Max.
0: Speaking of the TV, Apple TV TV OS 15.4 has a new update. It's a feature called Captive Wi-Fi. Yeah, and it lets you use your iPhone or iPad to connect your Apple TV to network. Any to uh, extra sign-in steps?
2: Yeah, it's a it's it's probably not something that most people have a problem with because you put it in your house and it's fine. Mm-hmm. But if you travel, and I've done this before, if you bring your hotel, uh, or I'm sorry, if you bring your Apple TV to a hotel, yeah. and you try to hook it up, there's a good chance you're not going to be able to use it because it wants to connect to a Wi-Fi system. The Wi-Fi system is trying to to connect to has a secondary login screen.
1: Yeah, it'll open a web page yeah. where you put in like your room number and password. Or right, something. but yeah. you can't
2: do that on Apple TV. So, like you, do, it gets stuck. And uh, dorm rooms, same type of thing. Or mm-hmm. you know, there are other places where this could happen. So now convention Apple, centers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. So like for a presentation or something. So yeah, th- there are issues. And. What Apple does with Captive Wi-Fi is it sends a message to your phone and you can continue the process there, log in, and then it'll be okay.
1: Yeah, and then it, whatever the key it hands you, whatever certificate it hands you, it gives back to the Apple TV so the Apple TV can log in. It's actually kind of a slick. It is. It took, little... it, I'm su- it's surprising that it took this long, but yeah. Well, I think like you said, people do this a lot on their phones and their laptops and stuff and they're not as much on Apple TV. Not a lot of people are lugging around an Apple TV to use in a hotel room or convention center or something. Dorms is probably way more.
0: WatchOS also got an update, you can restore your Apple Watch if it's broken with your iPhone. Yeah, this is another small thing.
2: You know, Apple generally there's it's, it's it's not all that common, but there are error messages on the Apple Watch and there's not a whole lot of thing you can do to fix it. You can restart it or you can uh, factory restore it. That those don't always work, and if they do, it's a pain. Yeah. Um, what this does is it, 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 again, hands off to your iPhone where you can go through that restore process a lot quicker than, you know, a doing a factory reset on your own or b calling up Apple and getting service to take care of it. It's not going to work 100% of the time. There are still going to be issues where you have to bring it into the store, but it's just one more way to be, to make it a little bit easier to kind of fix those little problems that that could crop up. Yeah.
1: I, I tell you, it was a pain before you basically had to like remove your Apple watch from your iPhone. Exactly. And, yes. and re, which restarted it. And that takes a while. And then you had to go back through setup and that takes a while.
2: Yeah, so this should but. be a quicker process and hopefully also fix it. So, cause a lot <laughs> of times like you would do that and it would get stuck. Like I've had that where I had to call Apple. Oh yeah, where I did that process and it, like that, it just doesn't come back. This is just one more way. You, uh, if you've ever seen like it's uh, there's two symbols. One, it's when you see the the phone and the watch like kind of like animating towards each other. Yeah, that's a means something's wrong. Or you get like a a red exclamation point. I've, I've never seen the red exclamation point. That seems worse. <laughs> yeah. I've, never, I've I have seen the 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 phone and the and the why and it's it's inexplicable. Like it'll be sitting on your wrist or on your charger, and all of a sudden it will just die. And because it's it's it is a computer, but it's not the kind of computer where you can dive into settings and figure out what's going on.
0: Any other uh, features and the updates that I'm
1: overlooking? Yeah, there was something during the beta, and I haven't seen anything. It's not listed in the the notes and stuff about how there was uh, an issue with promotion on. Yes. iPhones that have promotion uh, with third-party third apps. Third apps that use the core animation toolkit where they didn't have promotion during when they were using core animation. Um, and that has apparently been addressed. I need to see if that was, that was addressed in the one of the betas beta six or something like that. Some, some, one of the later betas, I need to see if that's true in the final release as well. It's not in the release notes, but it's not the kind of thing they normally put in release notes.
0: That does it for this episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 784. Thanks to Jason Cross. Thank you. Thanks to Michael Simon. Thank you, sir. Thanks to you, the audience. Thank you for tuning in. You can subscribe to the Macworld Podcast in the podcast app, on Spotify, on Apple Music, or through any other podcast app. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast.macworld.com or contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld podcast as we talk about the latest in the world of Apple. See you next time.